Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Truth About Trucking, live, hosted by Alan Smith, a 30-year OTR veteran, business entrepreneur, and motor carrier transportation consultant, specializing in assisting students and new drivers, and pushing forward to raise the standards of the trucking industry. And now, live from beautiful Citrus County, Florida, here's your host, Alan Smith. who operates a truck, a crane, or any kind of commercial vehicle, you need to be particularly concerned about a drunk driving charge. Since 2005, federal rules have required the states to disqualify persons with drunk driving convictions from operating a commercial vehicle. Even if the drunk driving occurred in your private car and you can no longer use any kind of work permit or occupational permit to operate a commercial vehicle. So if you're a truck driver or you operate some sort of commercial vehicle, such as a crane, you need a lawyer if you're accused of drunk driving. Many people should plead guilty to a drunk driving case, and I have no problem with the lawyers who are experts in helping a person minimize the consequences in their life. But for those people who need to fight the case because of the consequences on their career or because of the jail sentence, they need to find a lawyer who's an expert in fighting a case, not just pleading a case. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this broadcast of Truth About Trucking Live. Of course, that wasn't me there, but here I am, Alan Smith, coming to you live once again from Citrus County, Florida, on this Tuesday evening, November 11th of 2008. And you you just heard the comments of an attorney uh, by the name of Andrew Mishlove. He's a, a DUI attorney out of Glendale, Wisconsin. Uh, pointing out the very real fact of how a DUI can affect your future as a truck driver and your ability to maintain an income from a professional trucking career. Uh, Tonight's show is entitled DUIs, Felonies, and Other Violations. And how do these types of infractions affect your ability to continue your career in truck driving? Well, we're going to look at some of these and point out the very real truth of the consequences that can hit you hard even before your driving career gets off the ground. Uh, Our phone number, if you'd like to call and be a part of the show, perhaps share some of your own personal experiences regarding this topic that you might have gone through, is 347-826-9170. And we'll be honored to have you call in and participate in tonight's show right here on Truth About Trucking Live. Um, I want to give out this... um, little special code number here real quick that I'm going to explain at the end of the show. But you can write down or just remember it if you can. But a special code number, remember remember this number, 25055. Okay, 25055. Just tuck that away somewhere. And I'll uh, bring up the chat, have the chat here going. And so, you know, uh, a lot of new students just breaking into trucking as a career will go through the research and investigation of finding a reputable school for training and set back a portion of their lives in order to complete the school and pay the tuition, go through all they need to go through in order to receive that CDL license, only to find out that no company will hire them. 
because of some kind of violation from several years before that is still showing on their MVR. Normally, some kind of serious violation, such as a DUI, DWI, or felony. Even if the violation is from a long time ago, say 10, 20 years ago. So there they are, $3,500, $4,500 having been spent on the school. They have their CDL in hand, ready to go to work to provide for themselves and um, or their family. And some mistake they made 10, 15 years before suddenly stops them right in their tracks. So how can this be? When the schools and companies themselves will tell you that they generally only go back five to seven years looking at your record. So how can a DUI or felony from 15, 20 years ago prevent you from being hired? Well, did you catch what Attorney Mishlove said? Since 2005, federal rules have required the states to disqualify persons with drunk driving convictions from operating a commercial vehicle. Now, the CDL law varies from state to state, and not being an attorney, I'm just going to share with you tonight simply my understanding and thoughts on how and why such violations can literally stop you dead in your tracks from receiving a CDL and more than likely prevent you from um, ever driving a commercial vehicle for a living. So while in, uh, in many cases you can be given a temporary permit to drive after a DUI, but you can't receive a, te a uh, temporary permit for a commercial vehicle. And if your CDL has been taken away after a DUI arrest, uh, you will probably not be able to get a temporary CD per, uh, CDL permit in most states, if not all states. You'd have to contact a, a DUI attorney within your state to be absolutely sure. But, but being the federal rules change in 2005, more than likely a temporary CDL permit will be uh, out of your reach. Now, in most cases, uh, you'll be able to get a CDL license reinstated after a DUI conviction if you were driving a non-commercial vehicle when you committed the DUI offense. Uh, you can usually get a CDL within a few months, again, uh, depending on your particular state's laws. But however, if you were uh, driving a commercial vehicle when it occurred, you'll probably have to wait at least one year before you can get it reinstated. Uh, now, this only applies to a first DUI conviction. And here's where you need to really listen if you're a potential student or someone considering a career as a uh, CDL driver. Uh, I see one guest here with us. All right, thank you for joining us. I keep trying to check back with the chat here. I appreciate you being here. Um, now, if you've been convicted of a second DUI charge, you will uh, more than likely never be able to obtain a CDL license. So if this is you, check, check your MVR, check your history, call your local DMV before you shell out the money for a school. I mean, do not um, go by what the school or a company may tell you. Um, all too often, uh, these instructors at many of these schools will tell you something like, you know, uh, <clears throat> yeah, you'll be fine. They only go back five years or seven years or whatever. But 
don't put up that money until you hear from some official, such as um, one at the DMV or federal level, that you will indeed be able to get that CDL license according to what is on your record. But there, there is another aspect that can bring you down also, even if the state issues you a CDL. And this is where so many of you are discovering that your CDL is worthless. Even if the state allows you to obtain your CDL, I get a lot of emails about this. Uh, you've, you've received your state-issued state uh, CDL license, but still nobody will hire you. Why? If the company only goes back five to seven years checking your MVR record and your violation was like 15, 20 years ago or whatever, then why will they still not hire you in, in many, many cases? Well, here's why. And this pertains not only to DUIs, DWIs, et cetera, but also felonies, obviously. Okay, so while it's a common belief that your DUI conviction will fall off of your driving record eventually, it will actually remain there forever. Uh, you will need uh, DMV records for your po potential uh, employer in trucking, obviously. You already know this. However, as I said earlier, they'll often only search for the previous three to five to seven years, depending on their company policy. So if your DUI conviction was before that window of time, it's not going to show up on um, the DMV records that they requested. If, however, your DUI was within that three to seven year window, it will appear on the DMV records. That's quite obvious. So if your conviction or convictions were 15 to 20 years ago, then why did it show up? How did they find it, ultimately costing you your employment? Well, here's why. Although most companies only do go back three to seven years on an MVR check on, a, uh, on your MVR, checking for uh, serious offenses, remember they have every right to go back as far as they want to. And don't forget the insurance carriers for that particular company. The insurance carrier may very well look at your lifetime driving record. Usually it's the insurance carrier that, that catches a driver that has these type of offenses going back so many years ago, not the company. That's why the company will will call you up while you're out on the road and say, hey, you're going to have to come back in. We're going to have to let you go. We just found out you had a DUI 15 years ago or two DUIs 15 years ago. That's because the insurance carrier dug deeper and possibly did a lifetime check on you. And so that's why I, uh, I hear this all the time. Well, how did they do this? How did they do that? It usually falls on the insurance carrier. And... Um, Again, that's why so many of you written me saying, you know, the company checked everything out and you were, you were hired. And then a week later they called you and said they were going to have to let you go because of a DUI or felony they found on your record from 1987 or whatever. Well, that's why they found it. Again, even though the company may have only checked back three to five years, their insurance carrier, there's the key, apparently digged a little, a little bit deeper. Now, you may be wondering, well, yeah, but it was 20 years ago, and you've been clean ever since. Well, it depends on the seriousness of the violations, and actually it just gets right down to the company's policy and if they have a gut feeling. I mean, that's just the way it is. Remember, each trucking company 
have their own set of rules and policies. It's their company. They can do whatever they want. So why are some drivers with a record on their MVR hired when others are given the boot? That's because, again, each company reserves the right to look at a driver's violation record on a case-to-case -case basis. They look at how long ago the violation was, what kind of violation it was, and most importantly, how serious the violation was. Now, you may be thinking to yourself that you had one DUI 10 years ago, just like another driver applicant, and they hired them but not you. And why is that? Well, who knows? It goes back to what I said a minute ago, just their gut feeling or or um, uh, who knows? I mean, it's, it's their company. They run it the way they want. Uh, it goes back to the company's policies and looking at each record and violation on a case-to-case -case basis. So uh, did you only look at your DMV record, but you have a criminal record? Uh, your DMV record is totally separate from your criminal history record and a lot of people uh, a lot of people don't realize that so um, well we're getting more guests in here I see everybody in the chat room thank you for being here I'll try to keep bringing this up and checking it uh, hard for me to do two or three things at one time but I see you in here let me see you got a all, all guests in here so thanks for being here I appreciate it um, so <clears throat> Again, your DMV record is totally separate from your criminal history record, and um, you know I know some some people just may not may not realize this, but your DUI convictions can be on both both records. So criminal histories give information about your history over a lifetime. So since a DUI conviction will remain on both records forever, it's also going to show up if the company or insurance carrier decides for whatever reason to perform a criminal background check. For example, if you're applying for a driving job hauling hazmat, you're going to be checked by the FBI. There's a, there's a red flag. You know that's coming. The FBI is going to get involved. Um, and particular felonies will prevent you from ever receiving a CDL license, such as committing a felony while using a commercial vehicle. If you've... Uh, ever done that well you know you're gone you're out of trucking now can you get a DUI offense removed from your record in many states you can if it's the first offense and it's through a process called expungement and expungement is the process you go through that can remove uh, seal or completely clear a DUI offense from your record. It's not available in every state, but if it is, uh, it's a good way to officially rid yourself of that first mistake that you might have made a few years or so ago, or when you first did it. So uh, it's something you can check out with your state to see if they offer expungement or contact a DUI expungement attorney within your state. Uh, in order to utilize the expungement procedure, I do know that one, you must never have served time in a state prison. You must not have any current pending criminal case. And again, it can only be for your first DUI offense. 
and uh, you you, uh, you can't have any felony convictions, obviously. So there, uh, my take on DUI expungement, in in case you've never heard of it. So that's something that uh, that might help you if you just had one, and uh, you just need to get it off of there. So DUIs are a very serious offense for potential CDL seekers, obviously. Uh, I mean, what do you do with your CDL? You drive. So they're, they're, they're not, they don't look too happy at these kind of offenses, uh, especially since the new uh, 2005 rules. And though there are great uh, DUI attorneys across the nation, such as the uh, law office of Andrew Mishlove, whose, whose clip I played at the beginning of the show, and again, he's out of uh, Glendale, Wisconsin. There are many attorneys, as you know, who are fighting for the victims of DUI offenses. And as a professional driver, uh, you and your company could receive extreme, but rightfully so, consequences from uh, that misjudgment. And that's one one reason these companies are so stiff about it. Uh, I mean, it's kind of common sense. Obviously, they're they're going to be so. Uh, listen to what one law firm has to say about the seriousness of a CDL driver operating under DUI or other such offense. And this is a law office of Alex and Gaciola out of Phoenix, Arizona. And they, they put into perspective what victims often go through due to a um, uh, driver's In negligence. Phoenix, Arizona, there's a variety of reasons that drivers of large trucks, semi-trucks, tractor-trailers, cause accidents. It could be driver fatigue, it could be a driver under the influence of alcohol and or drugs, it could be a driver simply who was not paying attention at the will of such a large vehicle. Uh, these are very serious and they cause tremendous damage to the person uh, in the vehicle that has just been crushed by this large truck. These trucking companies know that accidents are going to occur and they have a first response team that arrive at the accident almost before the police get there. And they're there for a reason. They're there to minimize their exposure to a large award. They want to pay as little as possible. And if they can influence how the officer writes the report, if they can influence what their truck driver says or makes up some excuse that some motorist cut them off and then left the scene, they begin to minimize their economic liability on that case. It's important for that individual to contact an attorney quickly so they can identify the applicable witnesses. They can retain the best experts, the accident reconstructionists, uh, to get on the scene and facilitate uh, the litigation process in terms of proving liability against the insurance company behind the truck. Trucks don't stop on a dime. And when they collide with a, another vehicle, where they collide with a pedestrian, the injuries tend to be very, very serious. We've represented a countless number of victims of those types of accidents. It changes their life catastrophically. Not just today, but the landscape and the quality of their life may change forever. And it's the work that we do at the firm oftentimes makes the difference whether that client is restored, uh, lives a life with dignity, or lives a life, frankly, uh, kind of on the edge of dignity, uh, maybe even in poverty. It's the settlement that we get for the jury award 
the judgment that we get for that client that makes a difference in the rest of their life. So it puts, puts it into perspective, doesn't it? Uh, very serious offense, terrible consequences. Uh, a DUI offense on your record is really about more than you just not being able to get a CDL. It's about more than just the trucking company not hiring you. Uh, the company and or their insurance carrier they, they have to look at the possibility of a potential driver causing such a devastating, life-changing catastrophe for the innocent motorists who share the highways with you, the CDL driver, and, and any driver for that matter. Uh, it's, it's not about a person not being able to, to get their CDL. It's about protecting the lives of fellow motorists. And 2005 brought in tougher rules and regulations and so before you spend the time and money for a truck driving school, obviously make sure there is nothing on your record that will prevent you from receiving the CDL license. And uh, if, if drinking is a problem for you, then you don't need to be a CDL driver anyway. Uh, but that's just my take on it. So now, what if you're, a, what if you're one that just, just made a, a stupid mistake 10, 20 years ago? Uh, should you put it down on the driver application form? I mean, we've all made mistakes. We're all human. We all do it. Uh, so should, should you put it down on the driver application form? Um, and without a doubt, yes. Uh, don't try to hide anything, uh, regardless of what some instructor at a school or recruiter tells you. And I hear this a lot. People tell me, well, the recruiter told me to do this, and the instructor told me to do that, and I did it. And, of course, it came back and, bite, and you know, bit them. So... Just just put everything down, uh, and remember, a DUI remains on your record forever. And even if the company only goes back three to five years, the insurance carrier, again, could go back a lifetime, do a lifetime check on you. And so by not putting it down on the application will result in the offense of falsifying a commercial vehicle employment application. So many truck driving companies... Uh, won't hire applicants who have been convicted of a major felony crime within the past 10 years. Um, this includes um, convictions for, oh, like selling drugs, robbery, arson, uh, kidnapping, terrorism, uh, serious sex crimes, and in some cases even types of fraud. So uh, all truck driving carriers perform background checks on applicants. So. Just be honest about your past on the application. That's all I can say. Just be honest. List everything down and hope for the best. Uh, these are federal rules, not mine, not the company's, not the insurance carrier's, but federal rules. And uh, the company is really just uh, looking to see, and the insurance carrier too, uh, as to what you put down. They, they want to see what you're going to put down, and if you're going to be honest, and if you don't, uh, if you leave something off, uh, then they, you know, they kind of get in their head. Well, what else is, what else are they uh, leaving off? So don't let it come back and bite you. Just be honest and put it down. And uh, that's just the uh, the best thing you do. It it may take some work and a lot of time, but eventually, probably through a local smaller company, someone will give you a break for the mistake you might have made 20 years ago. And uh, 
Again, what can I say? That is just how it is. Um, that's uh, the new regulations that we have. So tough, gotten a lot tougher. <clears throat> Years ago, I knew a lot of people with a lot of offenses, a lot of felonies. They were all driving, not a problem, but not anymore. The age has changed. So, um, so anyway, how, uh, how can you fight a DUI case? especially if it's your first offense and you just made a silly mistake. I mean, generally, a DUI attorney will cost anywhere between $500 and $15,000, depending on a number of factors. But um, the, cost, the cost shouldn't be your first priority. You should first be uh, more concerned with hiring an aggressive lawyer who only handles DUI cases and is not a... Um, like criminal lawyer who handles all other kinds of cases. You want one who specializes in DUI cases. And again, the, the uh, DUI attorney out of Glendale, Wisconsin, that Andrew Mishlove, you've heard, uh, he specializes in DUI cases for four CDL drivers. And uh, I found him just kind of doing some research, and he had some good things. He developed like six steps that he uses to... Um, help a CDL driver, especially with their first offense, and he calls them his six steps. And uh, this is about four or five minute audio, but um, uh, you can kind of get inside the head of an attorney, of a DUI attorney, and um, kind of see how they go about fighting a uh, DUI case. manner of analyzing a drunk driving case, and it's what I call the six factors of drunk driving defense. The first and most important factor is my client. My clients are people who are creative, productive, pro-social people who've been successful in life and may have made a mistake or may be falsely accused. In any event, when a person walks into a courtroom, the image that they present, the person that they are, is judged by all the people who are looking at them, the judge, the prosecutor, the jury, and making sure that the excellent qualities of my client are conveyed to the people in the courtroom is the first step in effective drunk driving defense. The second step in effective drunk driving defense is telling my client's story. And I don't mean explaining the evidence. What I mean is coming up with a theme that explains how a decent person got into this mess. It could be as simple as an incompetent police officer or the fact that my client was not drunk, he was sick. The next thing we look at is the behavior of the law enforcement people from beginning to end. And this starts with the moment that the law enforcement person directed his attention to my client, whether the person was stopped by being pulled over or whether the person was, say, sleeping in his car or taken out of his house or however law enforcement came into contact with my client, I want to analyze this. The Constitution protects people from unreasonable interference by police, and yet a lot of times police act on hunches. Now, that's effective law enforcement, but it's not lawful, and we start with looking for ways to challenge that initial contact, the initial stop and the initial detention. There are published federal standards that exist for the manner in which the police need to conduct a drunk driving investigation. Many police officers take a course and are certified in drunk driving investigation. A few lawyers are certified. I'm certified in drunk driving investigation. We have to make sure that the police follow the correct procedures for the manner in which they administer the field sobriety tests and the manner in which they arrest a person, the way that the person is advised of their rights regarding a breath, blood, or urine test, and so on. If there's any flaws in that procedure, 
we challenge it. The fourth factor that I look at is the driving. First of all, many times my clients aren't driving or operating at all. I've had people arrested while they were sleeping in their vehicles doing the right thing. Sometimes they're driving but they're on private property. Even if my client is pulled over for some driving offense, let's say speeding or a minor lane deviation, that doesn't necessarily mean that their driving was impaired by alcohol. We have to take a careful look at that and we have to be able to demonstrate that the driving is not evidence of impairment. The fifth factor that I look at in a drunk driving case is my client's behavior, appearance, and demeanor at the time of arrest and throughout his contact with law enforcement. Law enforcement people will try to magnify the mistakes a person makes, say on the field sobriety test or any little loss of balance. It's important to look at the total picture. It's important to look at how you were able to identify yourself, know where you were going, produce your driver's license, get out of your car, walk to the area behind your car where the field sobriety tests were administered, listen to the police officer's instructions, get in and out of the squad car, walk in and out of a hospital, walk in and out of a police station, and, and just generally how you appeared. If a person appears normal throughout the entire time that they're with a, a police officer, but screws up in some minor way on a field sobriety test, that's pretty good evidence that they are unimpaired. The fact is, even according to the federal government, about a third of sober people in this world cannot pass field sobriety tests. The sixth factor that I look at is the chemical test. Most people think the chemical test is the most important part of a drunk driving case, but I disagree. It is critically important, but it's not the most important piece of evidence. Breath tests can be false. Radiofrequency interference, mouth alcohol contamination, gastroesophageal reflux disease can all cause false high breath test readings. What most people don't realize is that blood tests can also be false. There are lots of things that can cause a false high test result in a blood test. If an alcohol swab is used on the subject's arm when the blood is drawn, there are situations where that can cause a false high test result. If the person is diabetic and the machinery is not properly calibrated, that can cause a false high test result. We've even seen situations where the laboratory lost or mixed up the blood with a different person. So, my advice is if it's an important case, if it's important to you, if it's important to my client, the blood test results should be carefully analyzed. All the laboratory records should be scrutinized to see if there's any evidence of any error. So, a lot of aspects when it comes to finding a DUI charge a very serious offense for anyone, but especially a CDL driver. So if you're discovering a difficult time getting hired due to a past charge 15, 20 years ago, and uh, you've had a clean record ever since, it was just one time years ago from some silly mistake you made, and like I said, we've all made those, uh, you can always try to get it removed or resolved somehow, but it'll probably take an attorney, and being so long ago, if it is that long ago, I don't know, I'm not an attorney. It may boil down to the fact that uh, you're stuck paying for for that mistake for the rest of your life due to the new 2005 rules. Um, and uh, again, you could you could get a break. Uh, I mean, I've known drivers recently uh, who uh, was turned down from a job, and they just kept pleading the case to the company, and the company gave them a break and hired them anyway. So it is possible, uh, at least. Uh, as far as obtaining your CDL or being hired, it's um, it's totally up to the company. I mean, there there are companies that will give a driver a break, but again, it's their company, it's their policy. So, DUIs, DWIs, felonies, 
it's, it's going to make it rough, to say the least, on finding a company that will hire you. Eventually, one may, but it could take a lot of work, phone calls, knocking on doors, until one that does. The main point I want to get across is know your record before spending the money for a school, obviously, and don't take the words of a school instructor, recruiter, or, or other driver out there. These are the facts. This is the truth. If, if you have any such offense in your past, do your homework, check your MVR, see what the chances of, of you being employable before you shell out the cash for training. Uh, that's quite obvious, but uh, I get emails and phone calls all the time um, from people who, uh, you know, the school or instructor told them one thing, and now they have their CDL, they paid for it, and now they just can't get hired. So um, just want to make sure that's understandable to everybody, important thing to look at. Uh, these type of offenses not only have consequences on your professional life, but also various consequences that will relate to other aspects of your life and, career, and your career. Uh, William C. Head is an, an attorney out of uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and he is considered uh, the top DUI attorney in the nation. One of the things that people don't realize when they look at the penalty chart for DUI is that there are many non-judicial consequences of a DUI. If you put a DUI on your history, for example, and you're going to try to get a job in a high-security clearance situation, something that may require you to go on a military basis, you're probably not going to qualify for that job because they're going to find it in the national computer showing that you had this offense, and they just don't permit that. The other thing is if you're going to work for the type of business that has a company car, let's say you're going to work for a pharmaceutical sales rep or a medical appliance type thing like uh, artificial knees or joints, which are high-dollar jobs, they typically screen and do not permit applicants to get past the driver's license test if you have a DUI. You can have most anything else, but they're not going to permit a DUI because they're worried about liability, especially drug companies that have pharmaceutical reps out there that they don't think would look too good going to trial if they had a prior DUI when they were hired and then maybe got in an accident and hurt someone or killed them. So this is going to be a block to many, many jobs down the road, and that's not a criminal consequence. That's a non-judicial consequence to a DUI. So you can see that, that one of the consequences of having a past DUI is what? Being able to land a job as a CDL driver. Again, you'll you'll stand a better chance at a smaller local company of being hired, possibly. But the uh, the major motor carriers, you could find it very very tough to do so. Okay, so uh, well, what's this here? Don has handed me a uh, handed me an email here. We just received from one of our listeners of the show. Okay, that's cool. We're not usually checking our email, but she happened to be on and caught it, so let's see what the question is here real quick. Uh, hi, Alan. I've always heard that you cannot operate outside of the U.S., like go into Canada if you have a felony conviction, but a driver told me that I could get a Canadian minister's permit that would allow me to do so. Any comments? Uh, well, it's becoming... Um, more and more difficult to obtain a Canadian minister's permit, which is a uh, permit that allows people to to go into Canada for various reasons and who they who they see as being a minimal risk to their country. And uh, a minister permit authorizes a person to um, 
come into or remain in Canada for a definite period of time, uh, it'll be valid for a certain period of time, but my understanding is that it, it can't exceed three years. And uh, unless the permit specifies that the person can leave and re-enter, uh, once that person leaves Canada, then the permit is canceled. So I do know that they have a department within their directory listing uh, called employment authorization. So this is probably what the driver who spoke with you, uh, spoke with you was referring to. Uh, but keep in mind that the permit can be obtained only if the officials of Canada believe you to be a minimal risk to their country. So again, they'll look at what the felony was and everything surrounding the case, plus the Canadian minister's permit isn't cheap, and it, it can be a long process, I'm not sure, but I, I think it cost around 130 bucks and something like that. And, and I'm not sure if that will have to be paid every time you enter. I mean, obviously... If it's one that cancels when you leave, yeah, you'll have you'll have to pay that 130 bucks every time you get it, or or if that constitutes an ongoing permit for the three-year duration. But um, but when you but what you can do is contact the uh, Canadian Consulate General. Uh, I believe that's what they're called, Canadian Consulate General in New York City, and I'll find that number here real quick. Uh, let's see. Where is it? Canadian Consulate General, New York City. Uh, okay, their number is 212-596-1783. Now, I can't tell you most likely, I'll, uh, I'll tell you uh, most likely um, who cannot receive a Canadian minister's permit. Uh, Canada has what they call inadmissible classes which simply means people with certain offenses are inadmissible to enter in Canada. Now, off the top of my head, some some are um, shoplifting, assault, uh, theft, dangerous driving, possession of an illegal substance, possession of a firearm, uh, assault with a deadly weapon, of, and, uh, of course, manslaughter. And uh, it goes right along with tonight's show, actually. DUI and DWIs, are all inadmissible offenses, believe it or not. Uh, any of these, I believe, will uh, prevent you from obtaining a Canadian minister's permit. But call the Consulate General in New York City at that number, uh, 212-596-1783, to be certain. And there is another Consulate General out of Detroit, Michigan, and I've got their number right here. It's 313-567-2340. So uh, anyway, I hope that helps answer your question. So, okay, now before time gets away from me here, uh, I'm always being asked about this company and that company. Are they a good company to drive for and things like that? And uh, again, I'm not a big fan of OTR driving. That's why I wrote the truth about trucking. So uh, instead of saying yes, yes, they're a good company or no, they're a bad company, I generally uh, will answer by providing links to various sites where you can see and read what other drivers are saying about a particular company, and you can make up your own mind. But, but for tonight, I wanted to give you a name of a uh, trucking company that I feel is one of the best in the country. And uh, why am I providing this little tip? Well, because I want to, and, and uh, plus it, it leads up to my special offer for tonight. Uh, that I'll give here at the end of the show. Um, 
many time drivers only focus on the giant carriers out there and they often lose sight of some of the smaller companies where actually some of the best driving jobs exist. And uh, then uh, this company came to my mind the other day when I was at work and I thought to myself, yeah, you know, they, they are a good company. So uh, I thought I'd pass the info along to you. Anyway, the company I wanted to tell you about tonight is out of Kansas City, Kansas. And currently they're hiring drivers from the following states. So listen up. Arkansas, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Minnesota, Missouri, Nebraska, Ohio, Oklahoma, Texas, and Wisconsin. Uh, those are the states they are currently seeking drivers from, and the, uh, they only, they, they're only needing company drivers, no owner-operators, and they operate vans and reefer trailers. And you have to be at least 23 years of age, have one year of driving experience, and they'll consider you for a driver if you have a previous DUI, DWI conviction, if it's at least five years ago. If a felony, it has to be at least 10 years ago and uh, no more than three moving violations within the last three years, and the total preventable accidents accepted within the last three years cannot exceed three. So, and as a side note, uh, they don't run teams, so uh, they have no team driving there. Uh, the average miles per week uh, is gonna be 2,500 at least. Uh, you're paid on a weekly basis, and they have layover pay, extra pickup and drop-off pay. And of course, medical, health, dental benefits, all that good stuff. And uh, they'll pay you $1,800 as a sign-on bonus, which they pay in six monthly payments of $300 each. And uh, they'll also pay $300 orientation pay, which they pay within two days. And they offer $20,000 company paid life insurance. And their policy is a 70% drop in hook, but there is no touch freight. Uh, they don't require a hazmat endorsement, but if you want to get your hazmat, um, the company will uh, pay to renew it. And uh, they will get you home every week if you live in these states. If you live in Kansas, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Iowa, Missouri, Illinois, Dallas, Texas, or Denver, Colorado, they'll have you home every week. Uh, any other state, that I mentioned, they'll get you home every other week. And um, they will run you uh, over the road within an 18 to 20 state area. They, they're a 48-state carrier, but they uh, usually stick to an 18 to 20 state area. And they've been in uh, Kansas City for 20 years. And uh, I can assure you that they are small enough to know you by name and not just by a number. So who are they? They're a very good company. Uh, if you live in those states that I mentioned, you should check them out. They're called uh, Core Carrier Corporation, and they're located at uh, 1020 Sunshine Road in Kansas City, Kansas. And naturally, you can find them on the web at corecarrier.com, or better yet, you can call them at 1-888-454-2673. Um, so there you have it, Core Carrier Corporation. Um, you might have seen their trucks, you might not have, but um, they're a very good company. Um, 
they're one that if you're still working on trying to get your driving experience and you live in those states that I mentioned, they are one that you should check out. They're a very, very good company, and uh, I would recommend them. So there's your little tip. Um, so now, remember at the beginning of the show I had given out a uh, code number. Uh, if you came in a little late uh, and you didn't hear that number, well, you can just replay the show and catch it at the beginning. But here's why I gave you that number. I gave you that code number, 25... Um, now, I don't even remember it, but you're going to have to listen to, the, listen to the first of the show. But I gave out a code number, and that's, that's for a little special offer I'm going to give tonight for listeners of the show. And uh, what it is, is uh, I'm going to be launching a new book here probably within the next couple of weeks. Uh, it's a great book. I've actually been working on it for two years, and uh, I'll probably have it finished in a couple of weeks. Now, it hasn't taken me two years to write, but what's taken me so long is the investigating and researching and interviewing and reviews and just so much online and hands-on work, but, you know, as new students or new CDL drivers coming into, coming into trucking, what's the main question you want to know? The main question I always get asked is, again, well, what about this company? What about that company? What's a good company to drive for? Uh, I just gave you one, Core Carrier, excellent, excellent company. But that's the main question that I get asked, and I think most people are wanting to know when they're first coming into trucking. And it's a good question. I mean, there's a lot of scams out there. You hear all the horror stories. So obviously you want to know who are who is a good company to work for. Well, the name of this book is going to be called, as far as I plan now, it's going to be called The Best Truck Driving Jobs, A State-to-State -State Guide. So what I've done is with all the investigating and researching and my past experience and all the, the, the companies that I've been associated with, I'm, I'm listing state to state the, the best truck driving company, the best job that I feel for that state. And what's so great about this book is uh, it's, 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 over, it's over the road, it's regional, it's local, but it's also cross-sectional. And by, what that, by that I mean, let's say you live in, uh, no, just anything. Let's say you live in Massachusetts. So you have, you have this book I'm about to launch, The Best Truck, uh, Best Truck Driving Jobs, A State-to-State -State Guide. And you live in Massachusetts, and you're thinking, well, okay, boy, what's a good company in Massachusetts? Well, you just go down, all 48 states are going to be listed, and there you're going to find my pick for the best truck driving job in that state, the best company to drive for in that state. So you're in Massachusetts, so you look down at Massachusetts, and you see the name of the um, company that I have there. And uh, let's just say it happens to be the name of a company that only offers local position, and you're wanting to go over the road. Well, the book is also going to have so many uh, OTR companies in it. So even though you live in Massachusetts, you could look up into Colorado 
and see the name of the company that I have listed there that is an OTR company. And even though you're in Massachusetts and that company is in Colorado, you can still use that company in Colorado because it's a 48-state carrier. So that's where the cross-sectional comes in. So even if you're, if you're in Texas and uh, you, you see the name that I have of the company in Texas, but you see another name of another company that you like better in Ohio, it's cross-sectional. So it doesn't just pertain to the exact state you're in. Every company that's listed in this new book are going to be, in my opinion, the best truck driving jobs in the nation, in the whole 48 states. So it's an excellent book. I'm really excited about it. Like I said, I've been working two, two years on it. Uh, I should have it done within two weeks, and um, we're going to launch that. So the special thing tonight is uh, for listeners of the show, you can get the book for free, uh, totally free, uh, once it's launched. And all you have to do is uh, send me an email at alan at truthabouttrucking.com. That's A-L-L-E-N, alan at truthabouttrucking.com. And in the subject line, uh, all you have to write is the code number that I gave at the beginning of the show. And you can write a little note in there if you want. You know, hey, hey, Alan, I listened to your show. But I'm just saying you don't have to. All you have to do is just put that code number I gave at the beginning of the show in the subject line and shoot me an email. And then I'll fire you an email back uh, acknowledging that I got it. And then I'll print it out and leave it laying right here by my computer here at my desk. And when the book is completed, I will send you another email with, with the uh, book, book attached. And it's yours free for uh, listening to tonight's show. And uh, this all good until midnight tomorrow, uh, November 12th, Wednesday, up until midnight tomorrow. So even if you missed the show when it was live and you happen to be listening to it now and it's not midnight on Wednesday the 12th, the all is for you. So um, this is a really good book. I put a lot into it. And uh, each company I feel is an excellent company. Uh, <clears throat> is every company going to be a company where you don't hear bad things about? No. Uh, I've been told by drivers about a particular company that they say were just absolutely horrible, and I drove for them, and they were absolutely great. So, And that's one thing that I tend to kind of get back from some of these forums that's online, because you get on there, and you're wanting to find out about trucking companies, and and you'll read one one comment where one guy is saying they're great and three others are saying they're horrible and then five more are saying they're the best company and then ten more are saying they're terrible. And you have no idea what to what to believe or you just don't know where to go. You're still, you get off the forum and you're still confused. So uh, no company can make 100% drivers happy, but I've been in it a long time. I've talked to a lot of people. I've seen these companies for years and years. And every company that I've put in this book, this state-to-state -state guide that we'll launch here in a couple weeks, I feel are just really, really good companies. And uh, I'm also, uh, there'll be more to it in there. There's going to be some comments, and I'm going to be explaining uh, why 
one company will be terrible for one driver and great for another driver because there are some tips and things that you you can know that can make the company work for you and uh, a company that some drivers have bad things to say about can actually end up being the best company you've ever worked for because of certain things that you should do as a driver so that's also going to be in the book too so that's how you can get the book for free up until midnight tomorrow Wednesday November 12th and uh, I'll keep your emails printed out right here by me and they will not move from my desk until I have the book completed which I say will probably be within two weeks and you'll be the first to get them attached to your email for free uh, so be looking for the best truck driving jobs a state-to-state -state guide and again it's cross-sectional um, uh, you can every company that's going to be listed in this book in all 48 states and in a couple states I listed two because one state I listed a uh, a great company but it's specifically for owner operators and you can actually gross a hundred and forty to two hundred thousand dollars a year with this company but it's only for owner operators so I added another company for company drivers so uh, even though there's 48 states listed there there may be more than 48 companies there will be more than 48 companies listed but and listed twice uh, just because I just feel they're so good so uh, just like core carrier um, uh, they may be listed in uh, uh, Colorado that's one of the states they hired in uh, they may be listed again in Kansas because that's where they're out of so things like that but there's going to be a bunch of a bunch of uh, companies and every one of these companies are the ones that I feel are the best companies and the best truck driving jobs in the nation state to state guide and uh, you won't have to be stuck with this question all the time uh, well what about this company what about that company uh, you know you find you can go to the internet and type in uh, truck driving truck driving companies in Mississippi and you're going to find a whole list of truck driving trucking companies in Mississippi but that's all it is it's just a bunch of names of trucking companies and it still doesn't tell you is it a good company which is the good company which is the bad company so this is going to be once again the first book of its kind it's going to actually be a book a state-to-state -state guide of trucking companies that I feel are the best companies across the nation state-to-state -state. and that question of what about this company what about that company uh, I hope will finally be answered now is this a complete list are there other good companies out there yeah obviously there are but these are the ones that I picked are the absolute best and uh, some of them actually um, have student training and they accept student graduates so there are some listed in there for that for the most part they are um, uh, after you have your experience so send me an email with that code number and the book is yours for free when we get it launched so I appreciate you tuning in to Truth About Trucking and hope you enjoyed the show and it will be uh, beneficial to you in one way or the other. And Be sure to join us again next Monday, November 17th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for our show, Truck Driving Overseas, when I look into this other aspect of a professional driving career and 
Be sure to bookmark us and add Truth About Trucking Live to your favorites right here on Blog Talk Radio. Until next time, for Truth About Trucking Live, this is Alan Smith. Drive safe, and I thank you for listening.